0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Amen. Let's stand this morning for worship. Those that are joining us online, we welcome you to church this morning. And uh, those that are in-house this morning, we uh, welcome you to church as well. We're going to sing an old praise and worship chorus this morning that just simply says, I feel the rain, I feel the rain, I feel it falling down on me. So let's worship the Lord together as we sing today. scripture and prayer this morning.
2: A couple of quick announcements. If you're going to attend the senior adult retreat, please meet with the pastor immediately following the service right up here up front. If you're still waiting and wanting to give to the CLM Please mark it on your tithing envelope with the letter CLM. That's Change Lives of Ministries. And uh, I think you've already got all the names you need for the for yes. people going to the banquet. So, uh, but if you'd like to give today, uh, remember the offering boxes here. There's one in the back. And uh, please uh, help this ministry and appreciate you continuing to help the church. Uh, prayer requests, there's a lot of needs in the church. Uh, this past week, the pastor met with a 92 92 year old woman who's had no visitors and she's in a restaurant she's with Sister Huff uh, in the same different wing but in the same building and was able to, to reach out to her and uh, have communion with her and I tell you what it's nice when somebody cares and I don't know if you've ever been to a place where nobody cared for people but we have a pastor that has a real love for people and there's a woman who is, whose day was brightened and uh trying to go ahead and continue to support her and be able to, I think you want to get the Owl Ministry together and get a box together and and help her. I think we've got enough stuff left in there that we can make a little bag for and uh, continue to keep her in your prayers. She also likes books, and that's something we'll talk about later, but uh, I just, I got excited when he talked about it because there's somebody who wants a touch, who needs a touch, and now we have somebody who's actually working with her uh, to provide for her. And at uh, 92 He says she's sharp as a tack And I think that's great It gives all of us some hope (laughs) Myself included uh, As we get on up there For today For scripture it's a little different Uh, I've been Giving a lot of thought And prayer to What's happening in the country And what's happening with Just things going south And so I want to read today from psalms 83 it's a prayer for the destruction of israel's enemies i think it's okay to pray that those people who would flout the church and christianity and everything that goes along with it uh, that we pray the lord to hold them to task hold them accountable um, that provide us some relief so it says keep not thou silence O god hold not thy peace and be not still O god for lo thine enemies take a tumult, and they hate thee, have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, but the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent, they are confederate against thee. I'm skipping down now to verse 12. It says, who said let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. O my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind, as the fire burneth the wood and as the flame setteth the mountains on fire. So persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek thy name. O Lord, let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, Aren't the most high over all the earth? You know what that tells me? God's in charge. Not us, not them, but God. And our prayer is that he take care of it. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you this morning, Lord, for your words. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for your son who died for us. Lord, salvation that was provided and the comforter who was sent. Lord, you know the needs in each and every one of these this morning that are here and those that cannot be here due to sickness or travel or any other need work. I pray that you will be with each of them, Lord. Provide for them. Give them that which they need to make them stronger. Give them that which they need to make them better. Lord, I pray that you will continue to be with each and every one of us that we can do as you would have us to do in furthering thy kingdom. Help us, Lord, this morning. We make music to thee, a joyful noise unto thee be with the ministers. He delivers the word, Lord, that it will touch our hearts, that we can go further for you. We ask all of this, Lord, in Jesus' holy, precious name. And they all said, amen. Amen.
1: Before we worship, find somebody just around you. You don't have to necessarily touch them, but just wave at them to greet them in the Lord today. Let them know you're glad to see them. Some folks have slipped in since... uh, Brother Randy got up for prayer, but we're so glad for those of you that are here this morning that have joined online or in-house. And, uh, we just welcome you to church again today. We're going to sing another song that simply just says, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. So let's uh, worship together. change that you've made in our lives. It's only because you are a way maker. So God, we worship you today and we celebrate today. God, that you are a miracle worker and a promise keeper in the light and the darkness. God, there's no one like you. That is who you are. So Lord, we welcome you today and ask you to inhabit the praises of your people today. Lord, let this worship, this song of praise, God, be like an aroma of sweet incense to you today hear the prayers and the petitions of your people today. Lord, we love you. You are here and you're moving in our midst. I worship
0: you. I worship you. You are here and you're working in For you are alpha And omega We worship you Our Lord You are worthy To be praised.
1: Father we thank and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last so father today as we get ready to break the bread of life god we pray that you would speak to our hearts today for we love you bless the hearers and lord the doers thereof of this word today in jesus mighty and precious name we pray and ask these things amen and amen you may be seated for a moment in the presence of the lord if you have your bibles I'll have you stand here in just a minute for the reading of God's Word. But if you'll go to Genesis uh, chapter uh, number uh, 18 for me. Genesis chapter 18 for me very briefly today. Uh, Children, uh, you are free at this time to go to Children's Church to my right and my left. Uh, You're more than welcome to go to Children's Church. Miss Sandy is welcoming you. She's ready for you. She's excited for you. She's happy to have you. She's just... uh, Uh, honored to teach you guys today. Uh, Don't forget to go download our church app uh, that you can be a part of and uh, come and listen to our services. You can give online. You can subscribe to our podcast at Santee Circle COG on Apple or Google uh, Podcast. You can follow us there. If you want to give, there's multiple ways to give. You can give in-house. You can give in the two offering boxes here uh, or in the back of the auditorium. Uh, you can do that as well. Uh, you also can give on the uh, mailing and If you don't uh, want to or not able to give in house, you can always mail it to our physical address, uh, 1211 North Highway 52, at Monks Corner, South Carolina. You can use the Tith. Tithe, uh, or tithe.ly, I should say, app and uh, literally just look up Santee Circle C O G, or go online to our website, Sante Circle C O G. Dot, dot org. dot o r g. And there's a button right there at the top of the page that says give. That's why that give is in a different color. It just says give. You click that button, it'll take you to another screen. There's a little box there that says give today. And you click that and it'll walk you through. It'll give you a step-by-step instructions. In fact, I gave this morning because I forgot to put my checkbook in the car. So I had to go give online this morning. I normally write a check to church and uh, I forgot it this morning. I opened up my car to only see blank stubs that you can't. You can't pay things with blank stubs So I had to be creative So I thank God we had online giving So I could still give today to the church And yes before anybody asks I also covered the transaction fees I didn't charge anybody I paid for the transaction fees as well Uh, But uh, you can give uh, as well Uh, As you are still turning to Genesis 18 A couple uh, quick announcements With Randy already mentioned about If you're going to go to senior adult retreat See me for a few minutes after church Won't be long Uh, Just to see me if you're still interested in going we can still add you even if you want to go We still can add you Uh, the church will cover your registration fee We're just asking you to help us uh, with the hotel cost Um, The more that we're willing to stay in a room or share a room the cheaper it gets because you start dividing it If you want your own room, I can get that for you. Absolutely, but then you have the coverage of the whole room to yourself Uh, So uh, but if you're interested see me after church don't forget you can still give to CLM change lives ministries um as well, uh, pray for a lot of our folks, Sister Bonnie Gunn, still battling cancer, Sister Brenda Burbage, I'm sure many of you saw today. She's not here today. She's having some really bad migraine headaches. Uh, she texted me a little bit ago, and it's making her a little nauseous, and so she's not feeling well today. Yes, uh, uh, Ed is uh, under the weather. He has the shingles, and he's kind of messed up. He got also attacked by some killer bees and wasps out back, back here behind the shed. That we're going to have to get some... Uh, work done back there they just made a nest in the ground and they attacked him cutting grass and uh so if you've ever cut grass and got attacked you know what that feels like it is not fun and uh so he's on a mess uh be with pastor r today as well he's not here today but pray for him as well uh pray for uh, all of the stuff going on on our campuses um as brother randy was telling you and i just want to plug this really quickly i had the esteemed privilege uh this past week to meet sister ann barone um Brother Jimmy introduced me to a gentleman he knows, and through him, this gentleman took me to Pruitt Health. Didn't know it was the same uh, location until we got there that Sister Faye Huff's in. Sister Faye Huff's on the left-hand side of of Pruitt Health, and this lady's on the right-hand side uh, in uh, room 236, I believe. I'll I'll have to look that up. But anyway, she, uh, 92 years old, she attended another church in the area. She lived off of the Sangaree Parkway there in Somerville attended a church for many many years a spirit uh, filled lady just loves the Lord uh, about three years ago her health declined and she ended up her family had to put her in Pruitt nursing home uh, started out as rehab but but just never got released to go home and uh, with tears streaming down her face when we took her communion on on um, Thursday uh, she said pastor thank you so much for for taking time out of your busy schedule. I've been through three years, and my pastor nor anybody from my church has even called to see how I'm doing here or even visited. She said, "It's like I'm not there, so I'm forgotten." That was her word. And it broke my heart. It shattered me. I called I, brother Randy sister Carol was so kind to watch Micah for me to go and I, I came to their house immediately. I said, "I don't care if I have to bankrupt my savings account. We are going to do something for that lady." We've got enough surplus in the Owl Ministry. We're going to put some kind of bag together. I'll take it when I go see uh, uh, Sister um, Fay Huff when I get back in town uh, from after camp meeting. But we'll, I'll figure out a way. But sh- this lady's gonna, she's gonna know who Jesus cares at some point. Now she may never come to our church. She may never, have been, but somebody's going to go by and let her know she is not forgotten and she still is loved by God at some point. Somebody's going to let her know that and. Uh, and she, um, she she reads books. She's got neuropathy, and she has a, dis, uh, a situation with her neck that won't let her lift her neck, but about like this. She kind of looks like, uh, you know, like Quasimodo, if you know who that is, from the Huntsman, she can't move her neck. She's just kind of stuck in this position uh, from degenerative issues of her neck. She kind of looked at me. She's had a stroke. She's only got one hand that works, and she's amazing how she, well, she does with just one hand. And she, she had a whole... Book shelf of books and she said pastor i read a book a day just to take my mind off of the pain and suffering that i'm in she said but my favorite book to read is the bible i just love reading god's word it always makes me feel good and i thought yeah it would do a lot of us good to read the bible every day it would make a lot of us feel good i didn't say it but i thought it and um so i a, there's some different things, books for Sister Ann, uh, Barone. There's a thing that Brother Tanner, who went with me, has already got working in motion. But I, uh, we're going to put that gift bag together for her. But if you have any, un, uh, any books that you've already read, uh, you don't want them anymore, you're going to go take them to Goodwill. Please don't take them to Goodwill. Bring them to me. I'll have a box. Uh, Brother Andy or I, somebody will get a box this week, uh, a tote or something. We'll sit it in the foyer. We'll get a sign on it. You have any books that you you've read them, you like them, you don't like what just any books that you are not going to keep, please don't take them to the local bookstore and get 30 cents for them just to try to make a buck. Trust me, the reward in heaven's a lot greater than your 30 cents you're going to get at Bargain Bookstore, I can promise you. Bring me those books. I don't care, and I'm going to leave it out there, and every month I'm going to clean out that bin, and I'll just take your books. It may not mean nothing to you, but it means something to her. And I'll be dog if I let anybody else go in that in that Pruitt health and nobody acknowledge it. I can't help what her former pastors have done in her life or what her church does. She doesn't have to pay a dime to this church, but she needs to know Jesus loves her. And I'll be dog if she's forgotten. I will not let it be on my watch. She gets forgotten in that nursing home. I can't help. I don't know how many other people are forgotten, but I met her and I know she's there. And we're not going to let her fall through the cracks like she has been. If I have to go buy books myself, I'll go buy them. But we're going to let her know Jesus cares. And so please be praying for her sweet, sharp as a tack. My Lord, is she sharp. She could tell you more stories and keep And She, she remember, I only told her my name one time. I had to remember hers three times. Keep asking her, tell me your last name again. She remembered me one time. She knew who I was. She was she was, a little spry, spunky lady. In 92, she still had a little fire in her. And, um, But you know, that's what God called us to be. God didn't say grow a church by just ministering to the people that come into church every Sunday in your four walls. He said go into the highways and byways and compel them to come. He said go out. Go ye therefore and make disciples. It's kind of hard to go if you're sitting. Think about what I just said. It's hard to be going somewhere if we're sitting somewhere. And So I believe it is a great ministry opportunity for us. No offense, what's one more person to add to our our list? Between Sister Faye Huff and and Bonnie and Sister Laura Mae, one more person is not going to bankrupt the budget for us to minister to. And if you think it's going to financially strap the church, we'll figure out a way to cover it. Don't worry. But we're going to let people know Jesus cares. So please pray for her. She's a sweetheart of a lady. But pray for her. If you have anything you want to donate to put in that bag, pens, we got stuff. But if you want to donate pens or crackers or candy or whatever you want to give i remember she's 92 so please be mindful of that you know don't bring your bubble gum from the rich the rich dentures out we don't want that i don't want to give it to her and be like well somebody thought you could use this i know it may not help you very much but but you know be mindful hard candies or things like that that they can you know suck on or things like that like lozengers uh, but but sweet lady sister ann barone and i know she's not watching today but god knows all about it so god be with miss ann today wherever she's at in that nursing home touch her today Now that I have shared my heart with you, let's jump into the Word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 18, verse number 1. If you will, you stand for the reading of God's Word. If you listen fast, I'll preach fast. If you get fat and happy and complacent and sit very long, I'm probably going to get really bored and just talk for a long time. So the more you talk to me, the more I think you're engaged, the quicker we get to go to eat at Gilligan's. So... Uh, or wherever you're going. Actually, uh, this is just a plug. If you do not have lunch plans today, uh, Sister Sherry, also known as Nana and Sister Brenda Frierson, has volunteered with their wonderful cooking expertise this morning to feed you today. Because when I came out of my office, all I heard is, We're going to their house for lunch. That's all I heard. I don't even know who said it, but I'm going with them. They already know where the restaurant's at. So please see them for your lunch plans today. But uh, well, we have a lot of good cooks here, but God bless you all today. Let's Let's read the word of the Lord. And the Lord... The Lord says this. The Lord appeared unto him, talking about Abram, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat at the tent of the door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and lo, there were three men that stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran out to meet them from the tent and the door, and he bowed himself towards the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, pass not thy way, I pray thee, from your servant. Let a little bit of water, I pray, be fetched, wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts that you shall pass on. But from therefore ye will come to your servant, and you will say, So do as thou hast said. So Abraham, he hastened, that means he ran, he quickly did this, into the tent unto Sarah. And he said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Break some bread, knead it, make some good homemade bread, make some cakes on the hearth. Abraham ran to the herd. He's still running. This man's got some energy. He's running. You, you'll find out very quickly here in a minute. This guy's about 90 years old. So he's doing pretty good for a 90-year-old man. He's running. He runs to the, to the herd, and he fetches a calf, tender and good. And he gave it unto the young man, and he said, dress It means kill it, prepare it, season it, cook it. He took butter and milk. That man's a man after my own heart. The first ingredient was butter. He didn't care about arteries. He slathered that thing down. That thing was slick as a whistle going on there. You know that that you know butter is of the Lord. It's the first ingredient mentioned in Scripture. Take butter, and then milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and he set it on them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. He said unto them, the man, the the, the head guy that was with the three men, he said, Where is Sarah, your wife? Behold, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life, and lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear a son. When Sarah was at the tent door she heard it which was behind him Now Abraham and Sarah were old that's a good description don't you want to just be called that in scripture you're old Didn't even say you're you're seasoned Does it say you have aged to perfection aging with time no the bible says you're old So when someone calls you old that's a compliment you're old The bible even says it they were old well stricken it's like, it's like Moses, when he's recounting this story in Genesis, he's like, he's just reminding, just in case you don't know what old is, he gave you another description. He said, old, well-stricken. I mean, they're old, old people. They don't even get out of the lazy boy really fast. They're old, well-stricken in age. And it seems to be with Sarah after the manner of women, meaning she is like trying to be, she's in the grandmother supposed to be stage of life, not having babies anymore, stage of life. So Sarah, being old enough to be grandmama, laughs within herself saying after I am waxed old she even calls herself old shall I have pleasure my Lord also being old she says I'm old and God knows he's old we're too old for this stuff this is foolishness to us we're too old for this and the Lord said to Abraham remember she's in the tent she's hidden she's behind closed doors if you will laughing saying to herself the Lord says to Abraham Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surely bear a child which am old? Now here's God's reply. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I could preach right there and stop, but I'm going to keep reading. But I could ask that question and close my Bible and pray and let you go home and think about that and come back next Sunday and tell me the answer. Is there anything too hard for God? Think about that question. Is there? At the appointed time, he said again. Second time he said this. I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Sarah shall have a son. This is the second time he said it in the same situation, same context. Sarah... She leaves the tent. Now, I'm just going to let you all know something. This is not a slam on ladies or men. This is just a general statement. Sometimes, this is words of wisdom, sometimes it is better to be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. That is a word from the Lord for you today. Sometimes it's better to shut up and not say anything. Sarah was in the tent saying this to herself. She heard God say it outside. She'd have been smart to just sit in the tent and say nothing. <laughs> not Sarah. Sarah busts out the tent and says to God, as if God didn't know, she says to God, I did not laugh. For she was afraid. Afraid of what? He, you're in the tent. You can't even see him. But she was afraid, so she got out. I did not laugh. You better be careful when you call God's bluff. Because you may not like the response he gives when you call him out. Because God says, uh, no, you're wrong. Nay, you did laugh. What he's saying in a nice way is, don't come out here and try to lie to me. I know you laughed. So, so go ahead and just tell the truth. But don't, don't set yourself up for this. You laughed. Just admit it. Let's move on but you did it. It's kind of like a child. Don't lie to me and tell me you didn't. I'm standing here in front. I watched you go do it. Don't sit here and tell me you didn't do it when I watched you do it. can't say I didn't do it. Well, do you have a clone that I've never seen before that's now infested my house? If so, I need to know who their parents are to call them. That's you that did it. Don't lie to me. What God said is God the Father is, don't lie. You laugh. So this morning I want to, even though I could preach on is there anything too hard for God or anything else, I really felt compelled by the Lord to preach on this idea. Hosting God. Hosting God. What is it like to make room, make a place to host God? The presence of the Lord to literally say Come sit rest with us God Let us prepare a table before you God you stay with us for a while That's what Abraham asked him to do let me go get Food let me so you'll stay with me For a while what is it like to host God To Literally have his presence and host it Father I pray you'd bless the reading of this word Today let us not only be hearers Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today, hosting God. What a thought. What a thought. Hosting God. I wonder what that would look like to just sit at a place. Where the presence of the Lord was so strong and so surreal and so real and almost tangible, if you will, in the house of the Lord. And just bask and meditate and and just sit for a while in his presence. Abraham was just sitting by the tree there at Mamre he is just doing what he always did. It's the heat of the day. He's got the tent open. They don't have air conditioning out there, so you kind of had to use shade for homemade air conditioning. He had been sitting at the door of the tent. He had entered the shade of the tent, but the door, of the Bible said, of the tent was open. And he added some kind of con- con- uh, contraption of sorts, whether it was a chair or or bags of grain with a, with a quilt over it, but something that he was just sitting and resting on, watching throughout this desertous wasteland, people just pass by traveling from point A to point B. Mamre is actually located geographically in between the city of Hebron and the city of Jerusalem. It was a place in between Hebron and Jerusalem. So there would have been travelers that would have naturally passed to and fro and have passed this tree of memory had been in that geographical region. Abraham, no doubt, was probably thinking he was just going to be a man of hospitality. I mean, he would be a great person to come and teach on hospitality management and how to be hospitable to people and, and to, to, to greet people with a smile or with a handshake or, or, or make eye contact. Abraham was a hospitable man. One day he's sitting out there minding his P's and Q's, just doing his own thing. And these three men appeared that he had never seen travel this way before, no doubt Abraham probably knew kind of who was the if you will the, the normal people that came through to work or to, to to go back and forth between the city. Some people he may not have even known their name but have recognized just who they are via the way they looked. These guys though were something different about them he didn 't recognize them and, and and they had this different uh, uh, presence about them or aura about them so Abraham gets up from his seat and he walks over to them and he says gentlemen uh, you know, I know you're traveling but 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 why don't you let me and my wife make you something to eat on this journey it's hot outside it's the middle of the day why don't you let us uh, uh, just take some time and spend with you and and, and uh, we'll cook you lunch we'll offer lunch we'll the wife will, will bake some bread, homemade bread. She's the best baker in town. I'll, I'll run to the to the cattle, and I'll have one of the servants to to fetch the best of the best of my cattle, and we'll dress it, and we'll we'll season it, and we'll put it on the skillet, or we'll put it on the fire, and we'll roast it, or whatever. And we'll we'll have us a good time. Just just why don't you eat dinner with us? I was speaking this morning uh, about you know going to Sister Sherry's or Sister uh, Brenda's house, but many many of you inside this building, you are are excellent uh, extraordinary cooks uh, whether whether it's your family loves coming to eat with you every Sunday after church or whatever else people like sister art and sister Sybil, and others I mean there's plenty of people within this building that that, that have a, a, a record if you will or a track record of, of being excellent uh, uh, marksmen or, or chefs in the kitchen they they know how to perfect that and 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 and, then so, and most of the time people that are really good at cooking they love doing it they love to cook and they get nothing more joy than to have people come sit around their table, and to hear the laughters of people roaring in the other room, and people sitting back, that nothing makes a chef or a cook uh, feel any better than when everybody pushes themselves back, and they take their belt, and they loosen it one notch, and they say, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can eat dessert, that was so good, it makes the chef's head swell to bigger proportions, they're thinking, and wait till you taste the pecan pie, if you think you're fat now, wait till you get this when I bring it out, and when you eat that, you're just thinking, and then when you eat, you're like, yeah, I know. I'm fat and happy, but you know what they make bigger pants, bring me a piece of that pie and you you put that thing down and then you sit back and you go. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have ate that pie, but oh my gosh, it was so good, you think you could cut me a sliver, y'all know what a sliver is, it's a smaller piece, but it's really you want a bigger piece than you're saying, a sliver is to take home with you, for that emergency reserve, so that when you get about 2 o'clock in the morning, and got the munchies, you can just sneak in there, and just cut off a little bit. just a, y'all, I know how some of y'all, y'all just need a little something sweet, it don't have to be anything big, just a little something, until that whole pie is gone, that little something turned into a big something, but, but you, you enjoy cooking, and you enjoy Enjoy hosting people because what you like to do is you like your, your house to become a home for people, for them to feel welcome, to, for them to enjoy the food and the festivities and feel like when they come into your house that they're a guest of honor, that you are excited for them to be here. Well, when we talk about Abraham, Abraham and Sarah are offering this hospitality. I'm here to tell you, just like many of you here today would enjoy hosting a party at your house or hosting people over to cook for them, and, and you enjoy the laughter and the, the just the people sitting around and just enjoying the, the food and the fellowship, and you enjoy them talking about how wonderful it tastes and how, how glorious it is. The same way is the same way spiritually. God loves it when we come to His, His church or to His house and He spreads a banquet table before us. He loves it when we eat from the bread of life. He loves it when we drink from the fountain of living water. He loves it when we drink the wine of the Holy Spirit. He loves to give us the manna or the bread which come forth out from heaven. He loves us to sit together. He loves to hear His children laugh. He loves to see His children smile. He loves to see His children shake hands. He loves for us to sit after, sit around after church and go, Oh my, what a time we had in the Lord on church on Sunday. That makes God's head even bigger than it has to be. He's like, Oh, that makes Him so proud as a host and a father because He loves when His children come home to the house of God and want to just sit and make residency and bask in His presence. Nothing makes Him happier than when He is allowed to be the host of us in church. But also the same way happens... The other way, nothing swells God's heart any more than when we make room for him to be our guest of honor. When we say, God, it's Monday morning, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't even feel like I, but we get up and we go get that cup of coffee and we go to that back porch and we start opening up the pages of scripture and we say, God, I'm making room for you today. Speak to my heart, Lord. Talk to me today, Lord. Nothing makes God more happier than when we take a time and we go to a closet or we go to a bedroom or we get into a car and turn on music and we say, God, I'm here to cry out to you today. Speak to my heart, Lord. Tell me any ways that I can improve in my life, cleanse my heart, make me a better person. Nothing makes God happier than when we want to host His presence in our lives. But what is it like? I began to think of some things and started asking myself some questions that I want to to set up today to you. And you don't have to answer these physically, but I want you to think about them. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever longed for something to happen only for it to seem like never come to fruition? Have you ever lost your hope, patience, temper? Have you ever lost even maybe your faith? I can't believe, Pastor, you'd say in a church full of saved people if I lost my faith. It happens. People lose their faith. You don't believe it? I guarantee you some of you that have been here a lot longer than I've been here and former pastors and shepherds of this house could probably go stand in front of this sacred altar up here today and could probably point down pews where people used to sit in this church. They're not dead. They're not moved, but they're not here either. Somebody lost their faith. Somebody lost their faith. Have you ever felt like other people seem to be receiving the blessings of God? You keep leaving empty-handed. You go to church, and you're miserable. You ever been to church and you got you were just miserable? If you haven't, be a preacher. You'll figure that out real quick. You know, you get miserable sometimes. Have you ever like it was? We always talk about putting an effort. Has there ever been a Sunday morning and it was an effort to get here? I mean, an, I mean, an effort. Not easy. It was an effort. The dinner was scorching. The water heater went out. So you didn't take a hot shower. You had a cold shower because the water pump, you know, the heater, water heater timed out. Flat tire on the car. Car won't crank. So had to get the other car. Don't know why this car won't crank. Has it ever been a struggle? Just to get up, to get going. How many times has it been easier to go to the Bed Springs Church of God? Yeah, I know where that's that, right? Everybody's been to the Bed Springs Church of God. The Bed Springs Church of God is where Every Sunday, the comforter has come because you lay in your bed, and the comforter just comes right on the top of you. You're in the Bed Springs Church of God where the comforter has come. That is where you are. And you know what? There are people listening right now, and the sound of my voice probably online, right now at the Bed Springs Church of God with the comforter has come in their lives. That's where they are today because the struggle sometimes is real. Sometimes it's hard to get up and take a shower and get dressed and shave and put on the makeup or to put on the dress and the shoes and go out the door. Sometimes it would just be easier not to have to do it. Let's just be honest. Sometimes it just would be easier not to. It's an effort. Some Sundays it's smooth. You're just so excited. Can't wait to get in the house of the Lord. Other Sundays you're like, bless God, he better move because I am miserable today. Sometimes you don't feel like singing. I can't believe he'd say that. Sometimes you don't feel like playing. Sometimes you don't feel like preaching. I'm just being honest. Sometimes you don't even feel like doing that. You're tired, you're miserable, whatever. You just don't, you don't have the, you don't always have the feeling of wanting to do it. Sometimes in life, we come to church, and sometimes I think sometimes we come to church looking for something, and oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, I think people come looking for something and they leave just as empty as the day they, they came because they got nothing from it. I'm not talking about because we didn't sing their favorite song or the preacher didn't give the best message he's ever preached. I'm talking about they left empty handed because God was not moving like he should be. Because somewhere along the way the church forgot how to host the presence of God. We, forgot to, we say it all the time, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about here. I mean churches. Every church. Oh, Lord, we welcome you here. But some churches, I think, have forgotten what it's like to host the presence of the Lord. They put him in a box. They confine him. They try to keep him, if you will, in, a, in this proverbial uh, 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 cage. Uh, so, you you know, God, we got visitors today, so don't show out because we got visitors. Lord, freak the visitors out. What if they need to be freaked out? What if they needed God? What if they came today and we don't know their backstory, but they needed a touch from God. What is it like to host God's presence and have Him there? In this story we find two elderly people who have seemingly given up on something, a dream that they so desperately had longed for. All they wanted was a child. Now they're 90 years old. Sarah's 80. Abraham's 90. Any of y'all north of 70 want to start over? I know you got grandchildren. Anybody want to start having a newborn again? <laughs> Some of y'all that still are able to have children are like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Two elderly people have lost their dream. They've kind of given up. Sister Buell, they kind of like, you know what, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't in the cards for us. In Bible times, though, it was a sign of disgrace if a woman could not produce offspring for her husband, especially to carry on the family name. It was as if she was of no value. She was no good because she couldn't do what the one thing she was supposed to be able to do. <laughs> you start preaching that in the day and hour we live with women's rights. It ain't be bad, but you just that's what it was in the Bible times. That, that's just the way it was. In fact, throughout the Bible, we find occurrences where women who were often ridiculed and made fun of because of their barrenness. Rachel, Hannah, Samuel's mother. The Bible says that literally Hannah lived every day in a house with another woman who consistently ridiculed her for her inability to have children. The other wife had plenty of children, but you notice the only one God called was Samuel that came out of the womb of Hannah. So even though your barrenness may seem like a bad thing, You might be producing a better offspring than everybody else's offspring. Just because something can reproduce something doesn't mean it was produced by God. There's a lot of people that can reproduce things. (laughs) There's a lot of people that can replicate church. Hmm, Hello. There's a lot of people that can try to make you think they're replicating the Spirit of God. (laughs) Sing the right songs, do the right things. There's a lot of replications. There's just not a lot of practical applications of God in their lives. They're ridiculed. In fact, if a woman was not able to produce a child, oftentimes the law of the day would allow a man to replace her with a maid or another woman to carry on, almost as a surrogate uh, carrier. In fact, because of that, even though we read out of Genesis 18, because of that, we know that Sarah and Abraham already had tried that. In Genesis 16, before their names had been changed, Sarai... Realize that her potential of childbearing years are quickly ending. She knows Abram is saddened and has not had any offspring. And he has been separated recently from what was like a son, Lot, who was living at the time in Sodom and Gomorrah. So Sarah decides because, again, remember what I told you about the law. She gives her servant girl, Hagar, as wife to Abram to produce surrogate children. She said, let you go into her as a wife and produce children for us. There was only one problem. It happens with girls all the time. Ladies, I'm sorry, but this is the truth, and you know it. Y'all get jealous of people. Y'all don't like it when somebody else likes your man. It just happens. Y'all get jealous. Y'all ready to cut them hard, deep, bleed. You're jealous. Sarah's the one that said go into her. Sarah's the one that said not only go into her, produce children as a surrogate for me and you, Abram in the fullness of... So Abraham listens to his wife. Guys, be careful. Just because your wife said it doesn't mean when you do it it's going to be a good outcome. You better pray and fast before you answer those questions she asks. you like, do I look fat in this dress? Don't answer. Just say you're hungry and oh look honey, work's calling and leave. Let her decide for that with her girlfriends so that you don't sleep outside. The point to be made though Abraham listens to his wife. He, the Bible said he heeds the voice of Sarah. Goes into her, makes her his wife. In the fullness of time, she produces a baby, Ishmael. All of a sudden, that oh, take my servant girl and let her be your wife and produce a baby for us and we're going to be one big happy family turned into it. kick her out the house. Boy, that changed quickly, didn't it? See, women, y'all sometimes scare us. We don't know what you're thinking next. It gets gets catch and go sometimes. Baby's just been born, things are going well, and she's like, I changed my mind, that was a dumb decision, and go read your Bible. Sarah doesn't take the fall for it. (laughs) Go back and read in Genesis 16. She tells Abram to go into her, make her wife produce children. Abraham says okay, and he goes in there and he becomes husband and wife to Hagar. Hagar produces Ishmael, Sarah gets mad, says kick her out, and says the following. You did it. Well, what? Huh. I can imagine Abraham being like that, like that guy like you know, who just doesn't know how to answer. like, uh, what? what? What do you mean I did it? Now, Abraham was a smart man by not saying what I'm about to say, but some of you men probably would have said that, said what I'm about to say. Abraham no doubt was thinking, though he didn't say it. What do you mean I did it? It was your idea. Don't say that, man. Don't do it. Don't ever say that. Just go ahead and just 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 say yes, ma'am, and just keep going. Don't don't say that. Don't say that. Just say yes, ma'am, move on. Yes, trust me. I do counseling, but I don't want to do that one. Just, just, just don't. Move on. She says it's your fault. You went into her. You got her pregnant. You got us in this mess. You the one that done it. Now you the one that's going to fix it. Kick her out. Wait a minute. I thought this was your idea to do this. Bible says Sarah basically vexes Abraham's spirit, so Abraham does it, his own flesh and blood, his own child, could you imagine turning your children away and kicking them out and telling them don't come back, think about that, no matter how bad they are, literally just shutting the door and it not break your heart to shut the door, could you imagine, now I know some parents have had to do it like because the kids were strung out on drugs or alcohol and they were constantly just trying to suck money out of the family, so a dad had to make a tough decision or whatever and say, okay son or daughter, till you clean your act up, you know. I know people have had to make tough love decisions, but it still breaks their heart to shut the door knowing they're out there and they can't do nothing about it. Could you imagine the weight of Abraham watching his son? Regardless of who Hagar was, but watching his own seed. Remember, he only wanted a child. He finally had one. And watching his own seed walk out into a desert and not sure if he'll ever see that child again. Think about that moment in his heart. And he has to walk back into a tent with his wife who is sitting back there going, keep walking. Don't turn around. Don't you look back, lady. You, girl, you better keep on trucking. Them shoes were made for walking, and you better walk. You better go. Abraham's child is going that direction, and he's got a wife that says, you let her come back here and see what happens. What is he to do? What's he to do? The Bible says Hagar goes out into the desert a few hundred yards away, and child's getting thirsty, and She can't bear to watch him die of a heat exhaustion, so she lays him down and she walks a further place off. The Bible says she lays down and she cries to God, God, I I can't watch him die. And God speaks to her and says, You go. He provided water for them. And he said, You go back to Abraham, or to Abram and Sarai. Now, if I was Hagar, I'd have been like, Okay, God, time out. The woman just kicked me out of her house. The baby's daddy is a deadbeat. He don't even want to be the daddy of this baby anymore. Now you want me to go back to the baby daddy who kicked us out the house? I mean, come on. You talk about getting on Fox News. Baby daddy left the baby, kicked the baby and mama out the house. Then mama goes back to the baby daddy who kicked them out the house. Now, this is a good story. This is like this is like Peyton's Place. This is jacked up. Like this is like this is like Bible soap operas 101. You don't even have to watch soap operas. The Bible has them right here. She so says, go back to him. And she did. She went back. By the time we get to Genesis 17, Abraham is sitting outside of his tent. The Bible says, God says, count the stars. Tell me how many. Abraham's like, God, I, there is no way I can count the stars in the sky. He said, for as many stars as in the sky, that's how many, that's how many your descendants will be as, as, as the stars in the sky. Basically, the father of many nations. You won't be able to count how many there are. He said, and the way I'm going to prove this to you, Abram, is you're no longer going to be called Abram, I'm going to change you to Abraham. And your wife's no longer going to be Sarai, we're going to call her Sarah. And in that chapter, you go back when you go home and read it in Genesis 17, in that chapter God promises Isaac to Abraham first. Go back. In 17, he literally says to, uh, because Abraham asked, will Ishmael my son be the one that I make the covenant with? And God says, 1721, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Time out. He already told Abraham they're going to have a baby before he comes and visits. He tells him in the stars, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be Isaac. And Isaac's going to be the promised child. So I'm sure Abraham went home and told Sarah. Sarah once again went, yeah, right, that ain't happening. But he tells them. That's the first time. Abraham even says to God, God, why can't it be Ishmael? I'm 99 years old. Go back and read it. I'm 99 years old. That means Sarah's 89 years old. 89 years old. He said, Ishmael's 13. God, he's going to get into that boyish stage where he should be able to be the man. And God said, That's not who my promise is with. My promise is with Isaac, a 99-year-old man and an 89-year-old woman. He tries to bargain with God. I want to help you understand, if you ever intend to host God's presence, when you host His presence, don't question His presence. Listen to what I just said. If you intend to host God's presence, you intend to have residency with God, if you intend to host Him, don't question Him. Because the level of doubt that you allow to be in the midst is also going to have drastically repercussions on the level of blessings you receive and the outcome. Your doubt will literally hinder your miracle. It will stop it. Abraham says, God, why can't it be this way? He goes back in that night and he goes to sleep. And then we get to chapter 18. Abraham sitting outside the tent. We don't know if it was the next day. We don't know if it was two days. We don't know if it was two weeks. We don't know how long of time. But somewhere after that promise in the stars, here comes Abraham sitting at the tent. These three guys come. Abraham says, never met these guys a day in his life. The Bible just said he realized there was something special about them. He just said, you know what? Why don't you all come in and hang out with us? Miss Carol, I'm going to ask Ms. Carol to make her way as the time is getting to us. and We'll finish part two of this next Sunday morning with the divine drop, uh, with the hosting God's presence. But I find it interesting that in this moment, Abraham's already been promised Isaac before Sarah. And I read it to you today. The Bible said God tells Abraham a second time, you'll have a baby. He says it to Abraham. Still had not said nothing to Sarah. He says it to Abraham in the fullness of time. But Sarah can't keep her nose out of other people's business. Can I tell you words of practical advice? mind your own business and don't get in other people's business because when you start meddling in other people's business you may find yourself caught in the middle of the crosshairs or the cross, and be in the crossfire and you weren't intended to be in the crossfire now I'm not I'm not saying Sarah should have just been a cook only and she had no rights as a woman that's not what I'm saying but Abraham asked her to go make some fruit so that if Sarah would have just been faithful what she had been asked to do she wouldn't have caught her, got herself caught up in what ended up happening sometimes God gives us instructions and directions and God wants us to do things according to what he's already said he doesn't need us to come out of the proverbial kitchen and question him he needs us just to do what he already said to just go do when God speaks it's like taking it to the bank accept it accept it the problem is we oftentimes are like Abraham and Sarah I don't know about that God I don't know I don't know See, I believe that that's one reason. There's probably many. But I believe that's one reason that we don't see what we used to see in church anymore. Man, I hear people all the time say at other churches, man, I can't tell you the last time I saw somebody get saved at our church. Man. I don't know the last time I felt the Holy Spirit just move in church, man, I, I don't know, I don't know, and they give me all these like, I remember when I went to the such and such street church of God back in 1947, 1968, 1989, they give me all these dates like they're spitting off history, like they're some walking encyclopedia Britannica of church history, and they tell me all this stuff, and then and I'm thinking to myself, and, what about now? That's great. You can tell me what happened in 1989, 1972, 1964. What about 2021? You don't think the world now needs the Holy Spirit? You don't think the world now needs to know their salvation through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ? You don't think people need to still get saved? You don't think people still need to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You don't think people still need to live a sanctified? I know we don't like preaching about that. But you don't think people still need to live a sanctified, set apart, holy, righteous, and and upright life? You don't think people still need to live right? I mean, today? Come on. But you know what I thought when I was putting this message together? sitting so there at my house, my office. I thought, but one thing I will give all you senior saints that live that time period. I know I'm young and younger. I won't say young, younger. It hurts to get up in the morning, so I'm not young. They don't, my bones crack a little more frequently than they used to. I haven't gotten to some of y'all status yet, but it's getting close. And uh, I began to think about what life was like back then from the stories of my grandparents and my parents and people that passed down, my heritage have told me. One thing I learned about that generation, they wanted to host God's presence. they They were, if you will, I hate to use an old church word, but they were desperate for a move of God. They were hungry. They believed that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness would be filled. They were hungry. They were desperate for a move of God. That's why they'd have revival services. It didn't matter if 500 people came or 10 people came and it turned into a prayer meeting. They still waited for the Lord to show up. They still came. If it turned into a good prayer meeting, great. If it turned into a good altar call, great. If not, you know what they did? Penelope, they'd come back to night two of revivals thinking, well, maybe night one wasn't it, but maybe night two because they came with an expectation at some point. They didn't know what point, Brother Andy. They didn't know if it would be Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. They didn't know what night, but they didn't want to miss any night because what if that was the night God came? And nowadays, you can't even get them to come to church on Sunday morning, much less, less, less ask them to come for a revival. <laughs> Why have revivals? Because you're going to have nobody come because they won't even come to Sunday morning church in this society. You know I'm telling the truth. COVID hit. We all went, went to online church We got past it to a certain point though I know it's still kind of making its way surfacing around we open church back up and look at how many people don't go back to church no more there's an excuse you say they'll come on Tuesday night to church we can't even get them to come back for Sunday morning regular church because they're not desperate for him anymore they got too good at paying jobs they got too nice of houses they got too nice of cars they don't need God anymore and the old days those people had to depend on God. They didn't know. Literally, they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. They prayed somebody would bring a bag of groceries and drop it at the front door so they could cook. They didn't know how they were going to pay the house payment or the, or the insurance, but they prayed God always seemed to provide. They, they didn't have a lot of resources. They just had what God provided. They were dependent on God. You know what I loved about those stories? They didn't look at their clock on Sunday night at 7 o'clock and go, Now, Pastor, you know little Jimmy has to be in the bed by 7 15 yeah Jimmy Jimmy was me I was 4 years old at one time I know that's shocking but I was once a 4 year old still act like it, but I was once that age at times Sister to be one time was a 6 year old who got bored in church and would want to fall asleep or want to play with a truck because I was I've already heard my dad preach Sunday I mean Monday through Saturday why do I need to hear him twice on Sunday he's already preached enough this week how many more do I got to listen to I was once that kid. Yeah, but my mom didn't care. Sometimes she'd lay me in that seat. She'd pull me. Some of you will remember this person's name. Freeman Lincoln and Emmeline would sit at the end of a pew. they dragged my feet on Sunday to the end, and my Brother Freeman would lay my feet in his lap. My parents would pull me down because they didn't want me to get my shoes on his he just passed away over the last year. They didn't want me to get his suit dirty. My dad would be up there playing. My mom would start singing again. He just grabbed my shoestrings and slowly pulled me back down the pew. Then he put his hands over the top like I dare you to move him now. I'd lay right there and go to sleep. People like Bill and Wanda Sylvester, my Uncle Bill, would be leading worship up front singing. My Aunt Wanda would sit behind me. My mom would let me chew gum, look at gum, smell of peppermint. My mom would even let me look at a picture of a peppermint in church because I was going to go to hell for looking at it. That was how bad it was. My Aunt Wanda would be right behind us. My mom would get to worship and lift her hands. Or, or better yet, my mom would sing in the choir. With my uncle Bill and them, I'd sneak under the pew and crawl under to the next pew. My Aunt Wanda would sit back there. Pull out these little tiny green army men, slip me a peppermint and whisper, hurry up before your mama gets out to the choir. But I was in church. I was there. Sunday night. These are true stories. These are these are true stories. I'm not making this stuff up. You had a revival? Oh, my mom and dad didn't care if I had a basketball game. Uh, is that me going to tell my mom and dad I got a basketball game? Uh, yeah, they would have told me something, too. <laughs> they would have gave me the right hand of fellowship real quick. Basketball game. You know what they said to me? We're going to church, son. Play basketball and the next week win revival, but you going to church because we in revival this week. I say this, and I know it'll make people mad, but it would be better to for you to stop making sure that your kids are going to be the next NCAA superstar and the next professional athlete and get them in church a whole lot more often than you put them on a field. You can hate me, get mad at me. That ball is not going to save them and get them to heaven. God doesn't have a a baseball team, a basketball team, a football team in heaven. He has saints. He has saved people, not athletes. I'm not saying don't play sports. I played sports my whole career. But my parents never let God take back seat to that. You had Monday night prayer meeting? I mean, Monday night revival? Yeah, my parents never said we we would start church at 7 o'clock, sometimes 7.30. My parents never in a million years been like, all right now, evangelists, let me tell you something. Now, we got to be out of church at 8 o'clock. My little boy got to go home, get a bath, and get in bed. Cause he got school in the morning. My parents were threaten to kill me if I didn't get up and go to school in the morning. We were staying in church until they turned the lights off at church we stayed. We didn't, we didn't we want to make sure the lights were out and God wasn't there before the, just in case somebody flipped the light switch and turned it back on because the Lord came. We had to wait. As if the light switch had anything to do with it, we had to wait just in case. Sometimes it'd be 9, 10. I remember going to home at 11 o'clock at night. I'd fall asleep in church. It'd be 11 o'clock at night. My mom dad put me on the back of their shoulders and tear me and lay me in the bed. I remember going to sleep with full suits on from church. I, I, they wouldn't even change me because they didn't want to wake me up. Leave me in my church clothes till the next morning. And we can't give God an hour of a week. Can't give God Sunday night, Wednesday night. Can't give God a, a hit and miss special service. We can't give God our time. How are we saying we're hosting God? We're not even making room for Him to come. We're so worried about getting out. What if He's passing by, but we're we're, we're shutting the front door, proverbially speaking, walking out the house being like, God, you have to come back next week between 9 and 5. i got to go. We're so busy. We're out the door. What if He's walking by, waiting for us to be sitting at the door, waiting for Him to get there? It's funny to me, and I'm going to pray after I leave this. Anybody, anybody have, um, whether it's cable TV, satellite TV, any, any kind of like, TV like that. Anybody have that? in Church, raise your hand. What happens when it goes out? What do you do? You call the 1-800 number, support them. or you, you. If you're like me, you go outside, take a baseball bat, and beat the antenna, and hope that it's going to work again. And then when they come to repair you, you're like I don't know what happened to that antenna, because you're frustrated. But honestly, what do you do? You call the service, customer service. What do they tell you? We're going to have to send out a technician. You know what every technician tells you? Do they give you an exact time? My gosh, no. Somebody will be at your house between 1 and 5 today. That's a big window of time, y'all. Y'all do know I work for a living, 1 to 5. Like, y'all could narrow it down a little bit. Well, yes, sir, we'll be there between 3 and 5. Well, thank you for that extra two hours. Can we shorten that a little bit more? No, sir, they'll just call you when they're 30 minutes out. What if I'm 45 minutes away? I work, guys. I told that to Comcast the other week. I said, I know y'all sit there and answer the phones. Not everybody has that job. I need to know. I can't wait. I I might be in a hospital somewhere. Can't get back 30 minutes. Well, sir, you'll miss your appointment. I said, you'll miss a contract. That's what you'll miss. I'll cancel you today. I wasn't saved at that moment. I was feeling real nervous that day. I prayed through. But you know what you do? If you want it bad enough, you'll make arrangements so that even though you know it's just a window of time, you don't know exactly what time, It's a window of time. You'll set aside whatever you have to do to make sure the repairman gets there to do the job that you need them to do. But yet you can't set a section. We don't know exactly when he'll show up, but you can't set a section of time, a couple hours a week for God just so that he can do some repair work in your life. You can't have him visit for a few minutes with you. Now I'll pick up part two of this next week, but I want to pray for you today. This prayer, I'm not going to bring you up front. We're going to do this as the prayer benediction all at once i'm just going to say the the blessing today we're not going to sing it but i'm going to just pray it over you today because i want you to leave today i'm all about all the calls don't get me wrong but sometimes i think sometimes we just need to think about it we don't praying is good sometimes i think we come to the and we pray with we it well i went and prayed, and then we forget about it we go out the door we, just, we already done it we already prayed sometimes i just want you to think about it do we host god do we really make opportunities to host God? Do we set aside sections of time to say, God, I need you to come. Just, I, may, I don't know exactly when you're coming, but I won't give you time. A blanket section of time to speak to my heart. My challenge to you is before you come to church next Sunday morning, if you're physically able, find time this week to prepare your hearts for what the next part of this sermon is going to be because I'm going to be honest with you the next part of this sermon is going to be challenging because there are times in our lives that we we miss our day of visitation it wasn't because God didn't pass by we didn't know it was him when he got there Abraham perceived there was something different about him but what if he wasn't perceptive what if God would have just walked right by, he brought by and Abraham did not perceive it was God I wonder how many times at church God wants to pass by but we don't perceive he came by we're too focused on everything else we didn't even notice it was him that came by so I want you to prepare your hearts. Father, today I pray that every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice will have felt the, the unction in their spirit of being challenged by this word today. I know it's not a shout, speaking in tongues, run the aisle message, but I think it was an on time word that we need to be remembered. We've got to set ourselves aside a time for you to spend with you, to host your presence. God, as many are sick, traveling, and are part of our local church family. Father, I pray today that as we get ready to go to and fro our destinations to our places places of abode God, as you bring us back the next appointed time tonight for us to worship you again in spirit and in truth Father, I pray today that you would let us leave this place knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will always come and make a visitation with your people if we just make room for you to come So, God, prepare our hearts this week. Be with every man, woman, boy, or girl, and the sound of my voice are streaming us online at this present moment. Lord, will you bless us and keep us, and your face shine upon us, you be gracious to us, lift up your countenance upon us, and give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And guard our hearts till you come again. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you stand all over the house before we pray our benedictory prayer. Let's decree and declare this over our lives this week to the Lord. Lord, let the, may the words of our mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Brother Randy, would you go kindly pray.